and Seema Kinder Johnson of Nuggets, the only identity super wallet that secures your identity, transactions and privacy at once. And we are James Young. And Anjali Young of Collabland that leverages the power of identity to create powerful social spaces. We are here on the edge of NFT, the podcast that securely brings you all the best projects in the NFT space. Keep listening. Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out why you should be thinking about your digital identity before it takes on a life of its own. And what buying half of a kayak can teach you about incentives and motivation. And how Dev Team 6 is changing the token swap game in ways that you don't have to imagine because you'll hear about it on this episode. All this and more on today's episode. And don't forget, we put together a little soiree called NFTLA just a few months back. And it brought thousands of the world's most innovative doers in the NFT space. Head out to nftla.live to get tickets to our bigger, better, bolder, but also just as intimate and impactful event happening in Los Angeles, March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. We'll see you there. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Alistair Johnson and Seema Kinda Johnson of Nuggets, plus James Young and Anjali Young of Collab.Land. Alistair is founder and CEO at Nuggets, an entrepreneur and innovator. He envisions a world in which individuals regain absolute power over their own data and profit from its value every day, both financially and through day-to-day convenience. Seema is co-founder and COO at Nuggets and is on the technical advisory committee of ID2020. Before founding Nuggets, Seema headed up go-to market for Skype and Microsoft. James Young is co-founder and CEO of Abridged, makers of Collabland. He is a multi-time founder, developer, and crypto technologist. Anjali Young is co-founder and CCO of Abridged. She is an attorney by education with a 30-plus year history as a member and leader in online communities. Nuggets is a self-sovereign, decentralized identity super wallet that believes that personal information should be owned and controlled by the person. Collabland leverages the power of identity through cryptocurrency to create a social space unique to a specific network of humans. Wow, we have a packed episode today. It's very exciting. Powerhouse teams, as well as quite a few guests. Welcome, everyone. Great to have you here. We should take a moment to give Ethan a blue ribbon for that uh, intro read also. Amazing job, (laughs) sir. Lots of words in there. Lots of uh, accolades for this amazing team. Absolutely. And and there seems to be some kind of trend going on, guys, with Edge of NFT. You know, this is not our first couple episode, but it is our first episode with two couples on the same show. So, yeah, we'll have to do some kind of, of study here of what kind of result couples working Web3 together creates in the world and get your thoughts on that, guys. But yeah, it's, it's you know, speaking of collaboration, I mean, I think that we're excited sort of about the partnership between Nuggets and Collabland and, and what you guys are building together. 
it'd just be helpful, I think, to give us some more depth on how this sort of formed and, and developed and where are you guys today, both independently and with your respective project uh, collaboration. Who wants to kick us off? I could go first in terms of where Nuggets came from originally. I mean, it really started out directly from a problem where I had my uh, card details taken and realization that our personal information is spread all over the internet without any privacy and security, and it's being breached constantly. We realized that a digital identity where the user owned and controlled their own data was key to a better way forward. And that's really what set us out on this journey. It was... uh, uh, human problem led from day one. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting to reflect upon. You know, I don't know all the details, and you you perhaps know quite a bit more of just how much what we think of as privacy from the vendors we work with. You know, banks and credit cards and stuff like that is not actually privacy. It's just them paying for the breaches <laughs> of our privacy and not letting us know that it happened. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, I've gotten like maybe a dozen emails this year that my data is on the black web and I'm just like, or the dark web. And I'm just like, what can I even do about that at this point? Like the cat's out of the bag. It's really challenging stuff. So appreciate sort of your inspiration there. And and James, what about you all? I was going to add quickly onto that, James, which is absolutely like it's because these corporations that are holding your data are sharing your data. That's really it. And so when they're sharing your data multiple ways across multiple platforms with multiple partners, then they're not necessarily watching what every single other partner is doing. And that's why you end up with breaches. But anyway, I wanted to add to that. Yeah, yeah. appreciate and that. Too. And Joshua, I'd like to add something on that as well, because... Obviously, you probably know all this already, right? When the internet was invented, no one really thought through that identity layer. So what's ended up happening is we've got usernames and passwords, we've got wallet IDs, we've got email addresses, phone numbers. And actually, the big massive problem with that is, is that you actually don't know who's behind all of this. And then it's the backdrop of all of the data being held in these centralized silos. We've all heard that term, honeypot of data. And so that's just not working. And it's all our data is being compromised and being fished. So yeah, it absolutely needs to be resolved on the privacy and the security side. Yeah, no pressure, guys. I mean, it's a big thing to enter this territory and and sort of have the responsibility of all this information and sort of yet still inspiring collaboration. So kudos to you. Not sure I would take on that task. Yeah, we're trying to make our, I guess, dent in the universe here, right? And we, as the founders are trying to make a difference and trying to learn from previous mistakes so that we don't repeat them. When it comes to Collabland, when we first started, we started as DAO tooling. So we can talk about uh, <laughs> decentralized autonomous organizations maybe uh, later, but we wanted to be able to vote. We had the shared treasury on the blockchain and it was difficult to coordinate. And so with Collabland, it was initially kind of a hack to use these chat groups because that's where people were already forming. And we just needed a way to know if these people that are in these chat rooms were part of the same DAO. And uh, then the NFT kind of craze took off and we've been embraced by NFT communities and we provide utility and community for them. But yeah, I think that this is a wider problem that we want to be thoughtful about. And we want to make sure that this time around, we can do it right. Because we know that we all live now blended lives. There's really 
not big difference between being online and offline and what the impact of that is moving forward. And I think we have this second chance, this opportunity to really get the internet out of beta, if you will, because now we kind of have a better understanding of the impact that these breaches and what privacy really means. And James, to that point, right, you know, it seems bonkers that, you know, being that uh, it seems bonkers now that everyone else owned and controlled all of our data. And all we really want is that our personal information should be owned and controlled by the person. And it's great to have technology, but also technologists and problem solvers and phenomenal thinkers trying to solve for those problems that are, you know, fundamental human rights around privacy. So it's good that we're also mission and purpose driven. And, you know, whenever I think of all of these topics, I think of the, you know, some of the interviews we've done with Brittany Kaiser, you know, she's just all about, and I really changed my thinking about what it means to own your data and even what your identity is, right? Like who you are, right? Um, whatever's inside the skin, that's that's usually what I, I think of, right? But I'm all I'm also all these data points that are floating out, out there. And and some of it can be mine that I own and nobody else gets to mess with. And some of it I might want to share. So it's definitely something I think is going to become a larger part of the consciousness, the collective consciousness about how our identity extends. Now I want to move on just a little bit into you know how you all came together to collaborate in the identity space, you know, collab land nuggets. And, you know, basically I think there's a lot of us here. So in order to answer that, that question of how this all came together, why don't you all just start speaking at once and we'll just edit it together in post. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, why don't we kick it over to, unless anybody strongly wants to go first, I'm going to pick, uh, let's go to James. You're, you look like you're ready to roll. All right. Yeah. I think thinking back now, we first got together through a mutual third party, actually. We were thinking about ways to collaborate with this third party and we just hit it off. And when we were thinking about at Collabland, what it meant to have this community, we were thinking it more in terms of community identity. And I'm newer in terms of being exposed to did decentralized IDs and vCreds verifiable credentials. So learned a lot from the Nuggets team and really tried to understand how to be impactful here because we need to approach this in a cautious way. And so just gravitated to the Nuggets team and really from a value alignment perspective, the emphasis on security, on privacy, user sovereignty, and it was just the graciousness of Alistair and Seema just opening up and, and teaching us at Collabland here. Because on the Collabland side, we were more focused on the crypto Web3 space. But there's just a whole universe and a whole just collection of, of knowledge when it comes to, to DIDs and, and VCREDs that I'm still kind of falling through the rabbit hole. And so it's just kind of this natural fit. And I guess it was just good vibes all around since the beginning. Nice. And, and what's the essence? Yeah, and maybe somebody else could jump in, Seema, if you want, or or anybody else that feels like it. But what's the essence of the collaboration? You know, how are you working together? How, how does that actually function? Alistair, do you want to pick that up? Sorry, I can. Yeah, I can speak to that. I mean, basically, what we see is, as an individual, you were saying earlier that as an individual in the physical realm, the meat space, so to speak, you have that identity. But the best identity 
you can have when in the digital space on the internet is a digital identity at this uh, point in time. So what we believe is that to have a self-sovereign identity where you own and control is essential if you're going to have any identity in that space. You don't really want uh, any of the big social brands that have had uh, serious misdemeanors in the past and such like, holding your data, selling it on and passing it on. So it definitely needs to be self-sovereign. And then you need to be able to do it where you're interacting with different services and you can't be uh, you can't be correlated from one point to the other. You know, it's so important. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's some points where you do want to be the same identity from realm to realm, but there's a lot of points where, to say you might go into a gambling realm and you don't want to then interact with a work realm and you don't want people tracking between yourself and it might be one merchant to purchase it to another merchant. So with self-sovereign identity and DIDs and verifiable credentials, you can actually demonstrate reputation and uh, proofs from one area to another area through cryptographic proof that can be done with zero knowledge principles as well, which is essential to be able to move around and interact with these services with and keeping as much privacy and information. You don't want to carry on dumping it around in little packages as we have done in the past. And that model, as we see, is broken. So we really do believe that that self-sovereign principle is the best way that you can take on board a reputation from one community and then move into another community. And that's really what we picked up was the problem that James and Angie they had with Colab Lab that they want they had all these people in the community who were doing great things. Well then they may move over to a similar community, but not directly the same. And they wanted to take that reputation, but real merit-based reputation. Yeah. And it was so important to bring that along with them. And so that's when we started talking about the opportunities and how we could work uh, with this self-sovereign identity principle and, and decentralized identities. It feels like it'd be a better recipe for dating too. If you could like, you know, know the background and history, like, well, this didn't work out, but at least like they check these boxes, you know what I mean? Like, I guess that's, that's been attempted. It hasn't gone so well. It's, it's funny that you say that because we have actually talked to some of the dating apps because obviously there's a massive concern in the real world of, you know, some of the the terrible things that can happen in that environment. But yes, it would be nice to have some safety and security. And if you're looking at it on different levels, it could be like reputation and provenance in terms of NFT, but in terms of like Decentraland and Metaverse, it might be safety, you know, for brands and people going in there. If you've got your 13-year-old kid going into some environment, you want to know that he stood next to another 13-year-old kid and not someone saying that they are. Yeah. So, But at the same time, you don't want to be spilling out privacy and names and real names if you don't want to be issue it. So these opportunities are zero-knowledge proofs and such like excellent to work in these environments. And I just don't think there's been an opportunity to have done this in the past with the technology that's been available up until now. Like James mentioned, we are coming, kind of we're newer players in this space of vCreds and um, decentralized identifiers. And that's because our initial you know, what sparked everyone's imagination were these communities, right? So people were able to join a collab line community, be with other people that own the same token that they do. And so now we're sitting on this information, pretty much the history of a crypto community from day one. And now we're thinking, how can we service these members? Like, what can we do now to bring value 
to this new world that we're living in all together and for each individual person. And so Collabland was like, okay, maybe one way we can do this is to kind of remove the gatekeepers of the past from reputation. So Collabland itself can issue verifiable credentials, V creds to each individual. Jeff was in this community from this time to this time. Ethan was in this community and he received this number of tips or he had this role in this group for this time. And so it's like, because we're in a position to oversee what's happening, we can give you the individual attestation from Collabland. And now you have all these V creds where you can start building this crypto community, this crypto reputation, community reputation. And then Nuggets is there. So that way we can port that data to Nuggets and that can be taken anywhere they want. And so the way that actual interaction is going to happen is that Collabland will be the attestation for what you've done, what how you've behaved in these communities. And then they can be ported to Nuggets, which is going to be like a, a portable system, a wallet that you can now move across wherever you want to go with the with this data if that helps. Oh, it does. Gosh, there's so many different layers to that. All right. So, you know, one of the things that, that comes to mind, you know, for me is that this is, it's like a big responsibility, right? To try to think about and craft like what the inputs are that you're leveraging to issue, you know, V creds and, and to, to determine somebody's like digital value, digital, you know, credentials, digital identity. Like there's a lot to that. Like, how do you all think about that? Like feels like a pretty immense responsibility. I think from Jeff, that's a brilliant question, really. I think if you are, if you take a step back and you think about, well, what is the problem that you're actually solving rather than going, well, how do we tackle that piece of it? I think we've been quite single minded in what is the problem that we're solving? And we're so solving the problem around privacy, trust, safety and security. So if you think about that, and then you think about digital identity sitting at the heart of that and it's user-owned and controlled. It becomes a lot easier to unpack because otherwise it's a massively overwhelming, huge gargantuan task, right, that feels like unsurmountable. Sorry for using all those words then, but it does feel really overwhelming. So the way that we've picked this up is that we have been every single day, and I think that this speaks to all of us as a team, we haven't looked at the technology and gone, well, what can we do with this technology or what can we do with you know, verifiable credentials or kudos or cred, we've actually gone, well, what is the problem that we're solving? And we're trying to solve this one of moving that data ownership from the hands of enterprises into the hands of individuals, but doing it in a way that makes sense in their everyday lives. And what do we do every day? Well, we log in, we pay for things, we communicate with each other, but we want to make these things like super easy for our end users to use so that they actually don't need to worry about their privacy or security. It should be inherent in the products and services that we build. So because we've tackled it from that perspective, I think it's become a lot easier for us to unpack. So that's my bit on it. And I'm sorry it doesn't answer your question fully, but Alistair, do you want to... Yeah, I think it's really important because what basically Seema is saying about ourselves and Nuggets and what I also see very much so in Collabland is that we're people businesses, yeah? We're, we're about working for people to get a better way 
for people. That's it. When we're not tech first, yes, we may be using the very latest technology to do it, but we're doing that for the people to make it a better environment, to make the communities better, to make the trust in those communities better, to make everyone be able to move around more freely and more confidently as people. And that's what's really key. And when we first met Angela and James, we, we could see at their core that they believed in what they were doing it and why they was doing it. And it was people-led. It was humans. Uh, it wasn't just tech. And that that was something that was very important to us as well. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really special. And, you know, I want to sort of expand on that a little bit. There's a lot of ways to make an impact in the world. And, and clearly, this is a shared passion among all of you. What's been the community's response? Like, what's been the types of feedback you've gotten and the stories you've heard from the community in terms of the impact that, that this project has made for their lives and for various projects in the space. would love to learn more about the impact that you guys are making. I can speak to that from what the challenges are for the communities right now and what what need we're trying to service. And the biggest need is with scammers, imposters, not being able to know who it is that you're talking to and if they're the real Jeff Kelly or if they're the real Joshua or Ethan or Alistair or Seema. Like I need to be able to know. And it's not enough if that's just your username or whatever. Like being able to show like, these are the V creds that I have. I've been in this community for this long. The admin gave me a kudos for this. I've been tipped this many times in the bank list now. Like being able to now see your reputation, that's cryptographic. So it can't be edited or changed. Like that's reputation right there. So I can verify who you are. And that's the biggest issue we have. Like that's the number one issue we see with Collabland. And so it's not necessarily like what their feedback has been to this concept, but it's been, what is the challenge that they're facing and how can we help them with those challenges. And so this is a huge unlock when we think about, you know, crypto as money, but crypto as identity, it's going to be just as big, if not bigger. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because when you talk about from the crypto perspective, it's trustless, right? But we're humans. So the way I think about it is trust is like water. It's this, it shifts. So the trust is no longer with technology or with the platform providers, but trust has to exist somewhere. So it shifts to us as individuals. And I think that it may take some time, maybe even a generation, just like it took, you know, our generation to understand email where kids don't even email anymore. They're just like on instant messenger, right? Now we're learning how to take responsibility for our own identities online. And what does that mean? It's super empowering. I don't even know if We've really scratched the surface on what this unlocks, but we've had these like babysitters, these platform providers who have monetized and used our identity. And now we get this transfer of trust back to us as individuals. And what does that mean? And what does that unlock? I think you need that, right? When we started with Collabland, it was because... I was in a DAO, but I didn't know who Wallet0x123 was. And I didn't know how to connect with them or I didn't know how to identify with them. When it comes to crypto, what identity and reputation does is it kind of shines a light because we're in this like kind of, I don't know, 
dark forest where we're all moving forward and we don't know what's going on. We don't get to see each other. But now we have this light that shined on us. And now we can build those relationships online. It will map to our IRL or in real life identities, but it may even go beyond that. So I think that just like back in the day when Amazon in 1997, people were like, hey, I'm never going to buy anything online because I need to see and touch it, where now people are just one-click shopping and getting everything delivered. I don't know if we've yet grasped but what it means to own our own identities. Yeah, a thousand percent. And like, you know, I don't think there's been a Twitter space I've been in where someone hasn't brought up this issue, right? So it's very, very grounded. I just was curious, like, you know, if there's a specific customer or group or community that's like, man, you guys rock. This is all the good stuff that's happened and how we've been able to amplify the work we're doing and sort of support our community. Because I know you guys are doing so many good things and there's so many different clients that you have. I didn't know if any one particular story jumped out to you. Um, oh, DAOs. I mean, DAOs are the early adopters of VCRED. So maybe James can speak to that. Yeah. So I helped start this DAO called Meta Cartel back in 2019 before DAOs became a thing. And it's a grant giving DAO. And one of the issues is that when grants are given to these projects to help bolster the ecosystem, there really isn't a good way to get feedback. And so now, three, three and a half years in, we're trying to figure out how do we evolve. And uh, we're actually having a conference here in Denver, Colorado called MCON, uh, second week of September, where all these DAO thought leaders are coming together and trying to figure out what is this evolution of feedback when it comes to grants. How are these grants that have been impactful? Like what have people done with them? And so we're just scratching the surface there with experimentation. But I don't know if we've really even begun to understand, going back to the previous point, what we're unlocking here. And I think that it's one of those emergent design properties where there's a lot of iteration happening right now. And what will happen, I think, is that once we get into, this is crypto, the next cycle, I think there's going to be a lot of great things that people will be seeing when it comes to the social graph. And that's what we're starting to see. And we're, from my perspective, as we move forward to this uh, conference called MCON, we have these different composable identity solutions. And what's amazing to me that I've seen, and we'll see this unlock further, is that within three weeks, we were able to get five different projects, because we're all standards-based, coming together. This is kind of the evolution of composable money, where now we're putting these Legos together, these pieces of identity, and we're building these like new contraptions. And we're seeing that come together. So we'll see and we'll be able to kind of understand the first unlock of a lot of this. So I think it's emerging. We're kind of really at the tip of the spear here. Yeah, well, and that's I think- part of the reason that we're all working together. Like even Nuggets is a part of that plan, right? It's composable, yeah. just the same way the blockchain is composable. Cryptography is composable in a way that we can all work together. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to add to that. And 
James, thanks for sharing the, the DAO side of it. But we also we work with a lot of Web2 organisations that actually trust safety, privacy and security is like their number one priority as they look to move beyond experiments in Web3. And you've probably all seen this, right? All the brands are doing like these really small experiments, quite, but not understanding the implications of minting NFTs that, and they're there forever, whether they're embarrassing or not. So I think some of the things that we have been tasked with is, you know, these brands are actually really trying to grapple with how can I get this NFT or this experience to be, and they're expecting NFTs to do more things than they actually can. And identity plays a huge role in provenance and ownership, whether it's creator side, whether it is the purchaser side and that privacy and trust piece. But the thing that we're seeing and actually even to be all old school about it, Gartner published a report and they've said decentralized identity is going to become a critical component of any organization's digital transformation. So I really believe when Gartner's talking about it and Web2 organizations are saying that they need this to be solved as an on and off ramp into Web3 experiences, it means it's a critical part of the stack that hasn't been solved for. And that's actually Actually, why probably Joshua? That every Twitter space I join as well, it is like the elephant. What's that term? I'm so rubbish with those. Is it the elephant in the room? Yes. As a like, yeah, that thing. That's the thing. This hasn't been solved for before, and so it's really exciting to think that this collaboration is solving for it, and it's been staring us all right in the face. So yeah, it's like James saying it is such a fundamental shift from yesterday to today and then tomorrow. And what's exciting, especially when you're dealing with communities, throughout all my experience of technology is actually what the people out there who bump into the technology and the new opportunities, what they do with it. Because often you spew out these products and you're expecting it or the initial business is intended to do this and it becomes something else. And I think this, especially with identity and the community environment is the perfect uh, catalyst for those environments to blossom into, and there'd be nothing more exciting than them to take what we're hoping and uh, working on now to take it, make it their own, and make it more so have greater potential uh, than we could have even imagined. That's what's really exciting about being a part of this. Yeah, we we can't even say what's going to be amazing in five years' time off the back of it, this work that we're doing now. But that's probably going to be the most exciting bit when we see somebody use it for a benefit or something that helps the communities as a whole. However, we've seen what happens when it goes wrong, right? We can learn from the mistakes of Web2. We know what happens when a platform owns your identity and how it's monetized. And we don't get any piece of that. We know the mistakes that have happened. And so for us, like idealist dreamers, to try at least to be able to create this future that we want to see. This partnership with Nuggets is great because we're not just doing crypto and we're not just doing web two. It's this gray area, this transition in between that I think is going to be the most exciting because we need to bring people along with us. And this is that area that we need to really focus in and play in is in the in-betweens. I think that in a lot of ways, just personally speaking, my parents came from Korea to the United States and me growing up as child of immigrants, I've played in between cultures. And I think that this is what's well-suited here now, being 
you know, coming from web two to web three, there is this kind of interplay between cultures of what was old and what is new. And what we're going to do in the in-between is create something new, something that we own, something that we can forge together. And that's really what I'm excited about here because it's not just, okay, slam the door of the old and just, you know, say, okay, let's just invent something all on our own all over again. And it's not just being satisfied with the what exists now. It's really forging ahead, but in this hybrid situation, this hyphenated state. And I think this is where, you know, a lot of the magic will happen. And this is what I'm really excited about and why I think this partnership with Nuggets is so great. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, as we talked through this, you know, through the episode and, and I'm thinking about identity and, and you know, how much control we have over it. I'm also realizing that, you know, these these platforms that have so much power these days can also alter our identities however they like, right? So, you know, if if somebody's talking about something on a specific platform that that platform wants to highlight or, you know, suppress, right? It's all of a sudden that identity is, shines brighter, right? Or, or is dimmer, right? Or, or gets deleted, right? So it's very interesting to see, again, taking, because the Web2 world is here and it's it's so powerful, you know, taking it and transitioning this appropriately. So just, just you know, we're going to wrap up here soon with a couple, like one more question after this, but, you know, um, and get into our quick hitters, which will be really fun. But, but just a little bit more about how you guys at Collabland are creating an open platform. Like, you know, what's your approach to making it, giving that open openness to it? Yeah, that's a great question. We are this connective tissue between Web 2, these chat platforms like Telegram and Discord, with Web 3, the different blockchains we have integrated with. And we don't want to own the platform, right? We don't want to be the gatekeeper. So we're going to have an exit to community event and we'll let the users of the platform own it and value will accrue to those that use the platform. We are moving forward on initiative with decentralized IDs and verifiable credentials so that we can lay the proper foundation so that the users can own their own identity here. And if you know, you're know you not comfortable with the policies of one Web2 platform, we hope to make the platform open enough so that your crypto community can easily move to another platform. The more platform, Web2 platforms we integrate, we hope will create this shelling point so that the Web2 platform will say, wait a second, there is this inflection point where if these communities are not happy with our policies, they'll move off to another platform. And so this creates this evolution where we can create this balance and we don't need the full dependence on one platform because these platforms providers know that because these communities have a shared financial asset, they'll move off to another platform that will be more open to what their concerns are about. And so that's kind of the long play here. And this is why it's critical to have an open platform. And the whole basis of this is these API integrations. And this is how we can integrate with these different platforms. And so the hill we're willing to die on is that platforms will always continue to have API integrations. If platforms will continue to have API integrations, 
then communities can have a voice and be able to hopefully be large enough one day to influence the platforms themselves. It's a little heady and it's very game theoretical, but this is the, I guess, the the future we want to try to manifest. This is it's such an important topic of conversation, and just in in the conversation, it's so clear just how foundational this is to everything that's forthcoming in in the world of Web three, and just universally throughout the globe for every human in existence. How do digital rights relate to your inalienable rights that we've been used to talking about and living in real life? We're not going to be able to separate these anymore very, very soon. And it's such an important topic for that. And I think we could probably talk for many more hours about that and have a really engaging conversation. We don't have that much time today to do that, but this is a really important topic and we'd love to uh, continue it at another time, maybe even live and in person at the NFTLA up in March. I'm so, sensing some sort of family dinner at NFTLA. Hey, have let's all these do couples, it, right? Get all these couples together. <laughs> so we really appreciate it because this is such an important topic. Again, there are very few topics I think as important as this and as foundational to what's happening right now beneath our feet every single day. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA, Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes you Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. So we want to move to segment two, y'all. That's Edge Quick Hitters. It's basically a fun and quick way for us to get to know you a little bit better. There's 10 questions. We're looking for short, you know, single word or few word responses, but we might dive in a little bit deeper here though, here or there. We'll actually go kind of one by one since we have four guests, which is awesome for us today. And we may go start with Alistair, I think. Are you guys ready to dive in on this thing? Okay, let's do it. Alistair, what's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Half a kayak. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's most of what that's what most of our guests say. 
I don't think we need much more explanation that, on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds very like a collaborative purchase. Pokemon so. cards, half a kayak. That's usually yeah. what it is. We have the other half. <laughs> it, was a, it was a memorable thing because it, yeah, it's taught me a lesson to this very day, uh, which I actually use my own kids since. And it was, I couldn't afford the kayak that I wanted. And obviously it was a bit cold to be swimming around in the rivers in the Midlands at the time. So my parents said, I'll tell you what, if you can raise that much money, of the kayak will give you the other half of the money so you could get the kayak today. And so I, I managed, it actually took me months and months of paper rounds in very cold weather with freezing fingers to save up, but I got it. And it gave me a determination and a value for money. And it was actually something that I then did with my son when he wanted a PlayStation. I actually didn't want him to have a gaming machine. I wanted him to leave it for a couple more years. So I gave him an impossible task of raising half of the money for a PlayStation, which I thought would take years. And he managed to do it in three months, which sort of ruined the whole concept for me, but uh, credit <laughs> <laughs> there you go amazing that's great i wasn't sure if it was like a literal half a kayak like yeah. one that was chopped yeah, no, half for a moment in half. thanks for clarifying yeah i yeah, appreciate yeah. that <laughs> question number two seema what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life uh trainers at a market stall in bedford mm. nice like that. Any any particular uh, brand that uh, um, comes yeah, to yeah i don't know if you'd have them in the u.s they were called high tech Mm. They were everything but high tech, though. <laughs> so, you know, just think market stall, yeah. train type, you know, the sort of thing that, um, yeah, I'm talking sometimes. You, you might have to scrub <laughs> that brand later on so you don't get sued or anything like that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, right. brand placement. They're, they're great brands. They're the best. <laughs> and we have a legal disclaimer at the end, so we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah, clear on that, y'all. Great. All right, question number three, James. What is the most recent thing you purchased? I actually purchased this heavy-duty monitor wall mount this morning, actually. So I finally splurged and bought a 49-inch curved monitor that I'm going to hang on my wall. But it requires this extra-duty wall mount that I didn't know of until today because I'm going to mount it this weekend. So I'm super excited about that. Nice. You're all set. That's amazing. Gaming? For gaming? Just, or for just uh, consuming shows and stuff? Yeah, just for work. I have just, okay. just moved. And so I have this oh, yeah. whole standing sitting desk ah. with the treadmill on the side. So I need this big monitor wall mount so I can like work 14 hours a day. Nice. <laughs> nice. I feel like we should do do like an episode one time where everybody's walking on a desk treadmill. Like, I think, I think that's, that should be like, a, maybe that's like a podcast idea. Actually, it's just called the desk treadmill podcast. Oh, uh, do not encourage him <laughs> already. I'm like, he's going to take meetings and be working while walking on a treadmill. I am, I am, I am nervous about how that's all going to turn out, but he's. Sorry. I take responsibility. I'll faster. take responsibility right. for that. Should get fast as you're going along through the uh, podcast as well. So, mm-hmm. so you're doing about ten miles an hour. Or there you go. Like Love it. <laughs> A little out of breath. Nice. Question number four, Angela. What is the most recent thing you sold? The most recent thing I sold is my On One Force NFT. It just got scooped up. I don't know if you know what's happening with it, but when I listed it, it was like twice the floor price. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. I've had it for like a year. I'm finally let willing to like let it go or I'm trying to like prune my collection a little bit. I don't know if if you're all like me, which is we have a lot of NFTs, many, many NFTs. And so recently I've been like, okay, it's time. I'm just going to list some. And I've been listing everything for about double the floor. And then like two days ago, my on one force got scooped up. And so 
now I'm like, oh, that was a bummer. <laughs> like, so I don't know what's happening with them, but something good's happening. So that well, was something is, and I can see Josh's eyes darting around saying, wait a minute, what's going on with ours <laughs> right now? Yeah, so. it's just so you have them, you get it too. Like, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be sold. And then I don't know what happened. Oh, so. I'm doing some research <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Yeah, nice. check it out. Check it out. Good, yeah, so good. mine got scooped and now it's still on its way up. So last right, thing yeah. I sold. All right, rock and roll. A win in the black is always a win, right? So that's awesome. Question number five, Alistair. What is your most prized possession? I feel a bit guilty terming it as a possession because it's a living thing, but it's uh, my German shepherd dog, Buddy, mm. which I love to bits. And now my children are getting out older and ignoring me and getting embarrassed of me. <laughs> and my dog still seems to respect me, so... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love I've it. Got, I've got, I've got, I don't know how much. There you go. There, there you go. go. Hey. That's a good looking pup. That's right a there. shout out right there. Yeah, it yeah. is. Nice. He's a good lad. Question number six, Seema. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, an experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? I have to think about this one. Can I have two? I've got Forest Cabin, but I've also got my eyes on a pair of Saint Laurent crystal boots. You're not, you're not confusing those with high techs. Yeah, no high techs. <laughs> okay. High tech story was like 30 years ago. So yeah, can I get both, please? Can you? Should, can you sure, that? your wish is granted. Of course. I'd yeah. like to keep the branding on that for brand placement, and hope they might send them through and go here. You go. <laughs> that would be yeah. special. Yeah. Nice. Question number seven, James. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? That's a good question. It's a kind of a double-edged sword, but I, I would guess curiosity because it's something that motivates and drives, but at the same time, it, it can get you into some trouble. So it's mm. kind of this double-edged sword kind of thing here, but I think it keeps you young. It keeps your, you, you, you alive. And I think, you know, you have this one life, try to find out as much about it as you can. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I detected a little bit of a lean startup language a little bit in, in some of the earlier conversation from me. And I know that's driven a lot by curiosity. So not, not too much of a surprise, but I appreciate that. Really important. Question number eight, Angelie, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Oh boy, that's a rough one. You know, when I started my crypto journey, like the lesson I got from James was like, be yourself a hundred percent. That's our only responsibility is to just lean in to be you. And that is the gift that only you can give. And I think a lot of what I still struggle with is, you know, needing to conform, understanding, you know, James talked a little bit about being the child of immigrants, having that responsibility of like representing everybody, not necessarily just yourself, but like all Indian people, all immigrants. And so if I could, if I could remove that part of it, maybe the rep sweats part of it and let teach everyone or be able to show, like, just move forward, being the best version of yourself, whatever that means, because it does include all different parts of you, but being able to like shine a light on all of that, I would like for them to have that part without the baggage that I have. Beautiful. Love it. Question number nine, Alistair, what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? Bit of a theme here. I had to take the dog a walk. Otherwise, he would have actually joined us on the podcast. He's still a bit young and he's a bit frisky. So uh, could have well been sat on top of a laptop if I hadn't have worn him out before. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All good. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the first dog uh, guest of our show. Yeah, so. you. All good. Yeah, we yeah. have. And then last one, Seema. What are you doing next after the podcast? I think making a cup of tea. 
Ah, very nice. Yeah. Sounds very sophisticated. Yeah. I like that. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> true, true English style. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate that for sure. Okay, that's that's Edge Quick Hitters, y'all. We really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. Fun. A lot of fun. So we do now want to move on to our next segment, which is hot topic. And today we have our friends Bill and Eric. Uh, on the team. So guys, what's up? Good to see you. And uh, Ethan, I'll read a little intro. Yeah, let's lead yeah, us in. Let's do it. Today's sponsored hot topic includes Bill Spada and Eric Anderson, who joined us today from Dev Team 6 to talk Swap 2.0 and its effect on P2E and more. Well, welcome to Edge of NFT, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, and thanks for uh, letting us set a record for the most folks on the podcast at any given moment in time. So, and that's like, yeah, yeah, I think there's probably a POAB and some sort of pass for sure. Um, I realize we have an issue here though, because we have a couples episode. And the the cool thing is you do have two there, but I don't, I don't believe you two are a couple. No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not like that. Well, you well, can guys, be sort of like the third wheel, 10th wheel kind of thing going on here. All right, exactly. Jeff and I have actually been business partners for over a decade and, and glad to have Ethan. So we have some sort of coupling thing going on there. Guys, like you're doing a lot in the space and we're really excited to have you on. You've got this game and this vault and this program. Would love to sort of just get an overview of everything you guys are cooking up here and share this with our listeners. Yeah, I don't think we have that much time. Well, well, we'll, we'll do <laughs> our best to get everything. We'll, Ready, we'll go. A little FOMO, but yeah, give us what you can. Absolutely. So uh, we're Dev Team Six. We're a blockchain development company out of Phoenix, Arizona. We've been developing in the token space for quite some time. A lot of different platforms we've already built that are already live and running and and doing well. And then we've decided to tackle some of the known issues out there when it comes to various different uh, offerings. And one of those big offerings, obviously, is in the NFT space. It also is in the crypto space, but mainly we're seeing a lot of it in the NFT world right now. And then it's uh, play-to-earn games. We're seeing very good offerings that have been out there in previous projects that have done well. However, they all seem to have the same systemic issue, and that is creating sustainability behind the project and finding a way to be able to make these things a forever thing versus a hype and it gets exciting and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden it starts to lose some uh, ground because the pricing of these earnout tokens or these reward tokens tends to start to go down and it tends to start to slide. And, and then people get angry or they get mad and they, they're like, what's going on and what's happening here? So what we've done is we've taken technology that we built in the token space. Really, it's behind what we call Swap 2.0. And what we've done is built a way for developers or organizers to be able to develop a reward token that actually has sustainability, but it requires Swap 2.0. And, and really what Swap 2.0 is, just in an overview version of it, it's a routing system that actually is in the swapping mechanism. So if you know Uniswap, you know PancakeSwap, they're all forks of, a, of each other, you know, SushiSwap, it doesn't matter what swap that's out, they're literally clone of a clone of a clone. So they're great. They've done their job. They've done what they needed to do. However, in order to actually mimic one of the most historically proven 
in this case, stake to earn tokens or reward tokens out there, you need a different routing system because Uniswap doesn't offer it. Neither does uh, PancakeSwap or any of these swaps out there. To kind of give you an idea of what that means. So for example, the, the, the best token out there historically that is a reward token, or in this case, stake to earn token is cake. And that is with pancake swap. So when you stake in pools or you stake in farms, you're going to earn out this token called cake. And cake has been around for quite some time. It has a lot of historical data behind it. And so in order, what we did is we kind of set out on how could we build a token contract or code base behind a token, a smart contract, essentially, that would actually be able to have the same algorithmic contract logic that would be used and mimic what Cake does with PancakeSwap. So in order to do that, we we set out to try to figure out, could we do that with the current routing systems that are out there now. And we took us about maybe four or five months to discover. It was, it was insane. To discover that it was impossible, that it was not possible because the way the weights need to be built into the smart contract logic, it wouldn't allow us to just be doing what's called buy pressure back into the actual market, the authenticity of the market. So what was out there now, you hear a lot of these these tokens out there, projects out there about buyback tokens and all these different things, these tokenomics that they've creatively come up with. And, and you know, kudos to them for doing that. But a lot of it is is really, if you actually follow it from start to finish, the way the money moves within these contracts it literally is a wash. So the the buyback tokens that are out there now, they're literally washing the money, essentially. They're not actually putting buy pressure into the market. They may temporarily for a second, but in order to be able to buy back into the market, they actually have to sell contract tokens back into the market to generate the Ethereum or generate the BNB in order to be able to buy back from the smart contract. And what Swap 2.0 does is it allows the contract to be able to take their fees, their tokenomic fees in the actual paired token, or in this case, the, you know, it could be Ethereum, it could be USDT, it could be BNB. It just depends on whatever they've paired with the automatic market maker. So this is something that allows the contract to actually mimic what Cake does. And those of you that may or may not know what Cake's doing is Cake's in their white paper and their tokenomics the way that it works is essentially PancakeSwap gets administrative fees and what are essentially trading fees. And what they do is they take those trade fees and they go back and they buy back pancake, they buy back cake every single day. And they buy back at about 3% of the total volume of cake. And what we've done is been able to build a now smart contract that actually does the exact same thing. And that's what Swap 2.0 is. Swap 2.0 is a routing system. If anybody wants more information on it, they can go to pi.net. It's pye.net. And all the information's there. There's Gitbooks. There's all sorts of documentation. It explains Swap 2.0, how it works today versus what Swap 2.0 brings to the table. And so what we've done is we've built an NFT project behind really just showcasing and showing proof of concept that the play-to-earn games can actually use this technology to be able to build a, a sustainable 
project that allows the game to live on season after season after season after season with a sustainability behind it. So we've built Legacy Friends, which is our NFT project. A lot of different utility. I won't get in all the utility behind Legacy Friends. But one of the utilities is Metatopia. It's a game. It's a blockchain staking game. Actually getting ready to launch it next week. We're very excited about it. And it will be NFT's first ever play-to-earn game that is utilizing this Swap 2.0 technology. And I know a lot of people are like, okay, this is the first time, you know, maybe give it a minute. We've tested this on multiple chains. We've not just tested it, but it's been live for almost, uh, what, seven, eight months now? Mm -hmm. So we made a history on the blockchain to be the first ever swap to act in this capacity back in, I think, February, January or February. And so it's been a long time. It's been running. It's been trading. It's been a market that's been live for a very long time. We've you know upgraded the routing system a couple of times between then and now. Various different things, tweaking it, making it better, consistently making sure that we were dialing it in, essentially. So we've waited long enough to get to this stage to make sure that we've got a winner. And so with Metatopia, they're, they're going to earn Topia token, which is very exciting. And Topia token is a swap 2.0 token on the Ethereum chain. It is an ERC-20 token. So it is something that will be a lot of fun to actually see how that goes out there. And, and we've got a group of holders and a whole community behind it. And they're really excited to get started and show the world essentially what swap 2.0 is all about. Yeah, that's really exciting, guys. And, you know, we went a little bit down a technical rabbit hole, but as a someone that sort of was around the meme coin days and, you know, saw all these projects go really far up and then really far down really quickly. And, and this has been a conversation topic. And even for the more established games, uh, play to earn games, this space, this, this progression towards play and earn. Right. Like it's not an economy if coins go one way and they go out the other and then there's a leaky funnel. Right. That's not a sustainable economy. So, uh, you know, I think you undervalue the broader applicability of what you're doing. Yes, it can apply to games, but I also could see people taking hold of this technology for community building and gamifying you know, the music side of the space, as well as, you know, the metaverse side of the space, like gamification is going to be inherently part of, you know, Web 3.0 and and what's coming this year and what we talk about at NFTLA for it's key. It's key to a sustainable economy, a sustainable community. It's the reason we were talking about Oni Force again, it is so hard for them to climb up that hill after they went down the hill. And it's great to see that they're climbing up that hill again. But technology like this, the code helps so much. So kudos to you guys for all that hard work. Uh, any thoughts from from our other guests here on what these guys are building? Uh, yeah, I'm super interested. I think that what we're seeing is this evolution of the market. Uh, prior to crypto, I was in gaming. And now we're seeing NFTs get more into the gaming space. And it's interesting if I understand this correctly, because there's a lot of info here. I was trying to keep up. It's kind of this automated buyback. I wonder if there's any like governance that you have with regards to how things can evolve or change over time in terms of the weights. And that's actually a great question. So currently with any project that wants to utilize the actual code base or the logic behind it, 
They can implement it as a governance that could be a governance token built in or governance built into it so that the community can actually make those voting proposals or make a vote on whether or not, you know, is it a 3%, is it a 5%, is it a 10%? Those things can all be built in. Those are all something that, uh, depending on the developer, depending on what they're doing with the uh, project, they can do that. One thing we've done on our side is add. So, you know, with NFTs, it seems to be, and, and this goes back to crypto too. I mean, it's applicable on both spot sides of the aisle, essentially for both spaces. But when it comes to the NFT side, I've been in that game for quite some time now, you know, one of the biggest holders in a lot of these projects. And we've seen a lot of project developers on the NFT side they do a really good job of coming up with what they call utility. And for us, we come from the token space, right? So we're coming from a completely different mindset where there has to be a some sort of value, a real exchange of value to these investors that are really looking for what am I going to actually get a return on the investment that I've made, right? So what we've seen is a lot of these guys are going down these places of, hey, we're going to give you, if you stake, you're going to earn trucker hats and stickers and all these other things, right? <laughs> and one thing we wanted to do was be able to have multiple utilities for these earnout tokens, these, these play-to-earn tokens. And so we're bringing more pieces of what works really well because the token space is far more seasoned than the NFT space. The NFT space is, I would say, just based on being in both sides of it, they're two years behind the token space when it comes to development, when it comes to really building and bringing offerings of utility and, and so cases. and use cases and application and things like that. So with ours, we're doing, you know, the, the swap 2.0 piece is a massive, massive sustainability piece to the actual play to earn token. But we're taking that token and we're doing something special by bringing other pieces of what we've done before. So for example, we talked about the vault earlier. I think it was mentioned the legacy vault. The legacy vault, they're going to be able to take their Topia token and they're going to be able to go into the legacy vault and the legacy vault's going to have all sorts of stuff. It'll have other NFTs. It'll have real world products. It'll have real world vacations. It'll have all sorts of stuff, a VIP experiences, all sorts of things that they can go in there and exchange their Topia token for. And everything in that vault starts at one Topia token. So it's oh, an auction, auction, style. auction style type thing. Mm -hmm. And it allows them to, to literally go in there and have another opportunity to utilize their Topia token outside of the game. Because a lot of these guys they're like, oh, we're going to sell more characters or we're going to do more stuff within the game so that they use the token. And that most people want, they, they don't want to just recycle the token. They want to be able to see value, real exchange of value from their token. So we've kind of created that. We also have a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. So Topia token will have a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. It also will have a liquidity pool that'll trade inside Swap 2.0 on PySwap. So there's going to be multiple avenues and channels for them to utilize their Topia token to be able to, you know, reap some value in real life real versus world. versus just, you know, it's some virtual, uh, you know, ledger. It's something that they can see, they can, they can find a way without selling the underlying asset and be able to see something of value come back into their wallet. Yeah, you guys have architected this thing uh, really intensively. It's awesome and really excited to see 
where you take it from here. And uh, I think there are a number of directions it can go within the space you're already operating in and trying to move the needle on. And also, as Josh mentioned before, there's applicability in a number of different channels. So we want to give our listeners the opportunity to go a little bit deeper on their own as well. So sure. uh, where should they follow you? Where should they uh, look to stay abreast of what's happening with the project? Yeah, check us out on pi.net. It's probably going to give you the most info on Swap 2.0. So I know there's a lot of people who you said applicable to multiple different spaces. Anybody that's a developer or operator or looking to get into the space or wants to, has a great idea and wants to just do something special, go to pi.net, P-Y-E.net. When it comes to the NFT side, when with what we're doing there and, and really what the new offering is to show that this is uh, an amazing product, it's legacyfriends.xyz. That's where that project lives. Metatopiaworld.com is the game. So anybody that's looking for the game, you'd go to metatopiaworld.com. All the information's there, all the, the game, all of its information is there, white paper, all the information that you would need to know how to play the game. So a lot of information out there. Amazing. This is really interesting because real quick, I see that like previous cycle was like this DeFi, NFTs and DAOs, and they were all kind of separate islands. Now that we have this like maturation, I think this is an example of things all kind of converging. And so it's going to be super exciting. You take a little bit of a DAO, take a little bit of DeFi, take a little bit of NFTs, and you kind of stir them up in a pot. And like, I think this is where uh, things get really creative and interesting. So I um, love that perspective. It's great. Yeah. This is the edge of NFTs, guys. Everything yeah. all you guys are building, this is totally the edge of NFTs. Really great. Yeah. That's it. So, Most of our episodes, not so much, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, um, the no. and then we, we also want to mention, we got a, a little giveaway here from you guys as well. We got V Friends shoes and two Genesis Legacy Friends NFTs. That's amazing. We really appreciate it, guys. For our listeners on that front, keep an eye out on our socials. We'll give you all the details for that giveaway. Eric and Bill, thanks so much for joining thanks us. Thanks for having us. Having we appreciate it. And we'll look forward to catching up real soon. Thanks, guys. All right, y'all. Well, I think we're uh, we're just about to wrap overall on the episode as well. And so to the Clabland and Nuggets team, thank you for just the amazing conversation today. Again, I think we could really spend a lot more time talking about this really important subject. And I think we have a lot of different avenues through which we can, we can do that. We can accomplish that goal. Before we break, though, we do need to direct our listeners to where to follow you all and everything that you're working on. So, you know, please, if we can go around the horn and share where we should send them. Yeah, let's start with Seema. You look like you're ready to go. Yeah, sorry, I jumped the gun a bit there. So yeah, they can go online to nuggets.life or they can follow us on Twitter, which is Nuggets Pay and ID. Perfect. And from the Collabland crew? Sure. Online, they can find us at collab.land. On Twitter, it's collab underscore land underscore. And me personally, I'm Dama de Roca. It's Lady from Boulder in Spanish on Twitter. <laughs> nice. Any other uh, individual socials we want to get out there? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter, just James Young, J-A-M-E-S-Y-O-U-N-G. Rock wow, way to score that handle. That's that doesn't sound easy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I would. I was. If you look at my Twitter ID, I'm like 1100 on Twitter. So I started Twitter like way early, but forgot about it. (laughs) Yeah, I I knew there was something there because that's (laughs) that's awesome. How you see, did you uh, did you have one you wanted to share? I've totally forgotten my Twitter handle. So let me have a quick look, Alistair. You you (laughs) cut that bit out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mine's Alistair IJ on Twitter. Before we wrap, we're also going to give a, make our fan listeners shout out to Alistair's German Shepherd today, I think. Um, That's it. That's the one. <laughs> there, there you go. And one more thing, guys, if you are interested in going deeper with this amazing crew, go to mcon.fun. That's for their event in Denver, especially if you're in that part of the world. Can't be that hard to pop by there and, and say what's up. And I'll be on my way to Singapore or else, but I'll be there with you guys in spirit. Amazing. Do we get there? On the social media handle, we did. Yes. Guys, All right, let's do it. So you can follow me at Kinder Seema on Twitter. Whoop, whoop. Ah, perfect. Awesome. So we're minting some membership NFTs for Collab Land, a big group of them. And so keep your eye out on our socials for all the details on how to enter the contest and the opportunity to win those. Super valuable, super cool, very generous of you. We really do appreciate that. Okay, well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also, look us up on all major social platforms by typing edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again, everyone, for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.